Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Okay, y'all, before we get started, I promised myself I wouldn't forget to share with you some really important news. I have officially opened the opportunity to work with me in the eight-week ESL relationship program I know it's the holidays coming up and you don't want to spend another holiday season alone and worried that you'll be alone forever. You don't want to go through the holidays again and come up on January 1 without taking control of your life and working on your relationships. So that's why I've officially opened up the opportunity to work with me. There's a limited amount of spots Once the spots are gone, they're gone. So if you're really, truly serious about getting off the dating roller coaster, you're tired of all the dating games, and you are ready to attract that healthy, great relationship, this program is for you. If you're tired of picking the wrong guy, picking people who won't commit, picking people who you feel you can't commit to, If you're tired of all that wasted energy and you want to have a relationship that lasts, then this program is for you. So make sure you don't wait. Go to the link in my Instagram bio. It's Instagram at Dr. Morgan Coaching and click the apply now button. Go do that. Take the action now that your future self will thank you for. Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan. We have a very important topic today, and this is one that is even more important during the holidays. It's important year-round, but especially right now. So as you know... We are going through a pandemic this year. There's been that added stress on top of the normal stress that we would have anyways. And one of the things that can happen is when we have stress that reaches new levels, we can return to earlier ways of coping that come more naturally Because if you think about it, your brain can only handle so much, right? And if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're tired, if you're not sleeping, if you have added stress or even go through loss or et cetera, et cetera, your brain kind of can can lose the capacity to really cope at the healthy level that it has developed 
And what I want to do today is talk about how to notice when that is happening and then how to course correct. Okay. So first off, I want you to know you are not alone. If you find yourself returning to old coping skills during this time, you're not alone, right? Maybe for some of you, those old coping skills include binging Netflix, eating that whole sleeve of Oreos or heck, that whole package of Oreos or maybe that whole jar of peanut butter, you know, we all have our things, right? Um, maybe it's over shopping. I know myself personally, I was guilty of that. Um, Black Friday, just online shopping. I'm going to have to return a bunch of stuff. <laughs> but I take ownership of it, right? So, you know, all of us have those old coping skills that can come out when we're more stressed and our brain just has less capacity to decide to cope in the healthy way that we know we need to. So I want to talk about two unhelpful coping skills that are, you know, we would call this lower level coping. And and here's the thing, you never want to judge yourself for how you're coping. Compassion, compassion, compassion. Any way that you're coping is just because that's a skill that you learned at one point of your life and it's what you did at one point of your life to survive. And when we have compassion for it, we allow ourselves to move through it and then decide to cope at a higher functioning level, at a healthier level, right? But if we judge, if we self-criticize and judge our poor coping, guess what? we get stuck in the poor coping, okay? So my disclaimer before we jump into these, these are not bad. They're just lower level ways of coping that don't really serve you. And I know that all of you care about improving yourself, your personal development, and coping at the highest level. So that's why we're talking about these. Okay, so I'm gonna talk about two. I'm gonna talk about regression, and I'm going to talk about numbing. All right, so number one, regression really encompasses a lot of different coping skills. What what it is, is it's a defense to return to an earlier stage of development when things are really difficult. So as an example, like let's say you're incredibly stressed, you're low on sleep, you just found out that everyone in your family, you know, everybody in the family is arguing about whether or not you can have Christmas Eve dinner together because of COVID. And Aunt Sally thinks that, yes, you should. And then Aunt Megan says no. And you're just at your limit and you're just stressed. And instead of... <laughs> instead of expressing yourself using I statements and breathing and using self-compassion, instead of that, you call a family conference call and you scream and yell and get incredibly agitated. And maybe you're even waving your arms in the air. Um, and, and just to make this example even more clear, maybe you throw yourself on the floor and you start, you know, hitting the ground with your fists. 
what is that? Okay, you have regressed to how a young child would handle that situation. You've regressed to an earlier stage of your development when you weren't able to use words to express your emotions and instead resorted to what we would call a tantrum, right? So that's just an example of regression. The idea of regression is that you return to earlier ways of being. I know for myself in my family, and as I grew up as a young girl, I was taught that food was a way to cope. I think so many of us are. Um, if I had a bad day, if things were stressful, you know, my my dad would say, oh, here's two bowls of ice cream instead of one, right? Or, oh, you know, you need a cookie. Or if I'm sad, you know, oh gosh, well, let's just make sure you get all the chocolate and the cake and all, all of it. Food early on for me was wired as a coping skill. So guess what happens when I'm incredibly stressed and I'm not at my peak levels of functioning? What do I do? I would be the person, you know, reaching for um, three cookies instead of one. But here's the beautiful thing. I have identified that. I am aware of it. I am compassionate about it. And I have learned how to course correct in a way that I spend way, way, way less time in that unhelpful coping skill. And the other thing is, is I'm so self-compassionate and I can acknowledge that, hey, there's times when it's just going to happen. And instead of beating myself up about it and saying, oh, I guess you're still stuck in that way of being, I can say, yeah, that happened. And I'm deciding to return to my healthier ways of coping right now. So that's an example of regression. Anytime you're returning to earlier coping skills that you needed at one point in your life, but you know are no longer serving you, okay? And the same can happen in dating and relationships. We can regress in our relationships. Maybe early on in your relationships, you had a highly, highly anxious attachment style. You have maybe gone through the program. Shout out all the women, amazing women who have. And you've gone through the program and you've worked towards secure attachment and you spend a lot of time in secure attachment. But then you go three nights with no sleep you have a stressful interaction with your sister, you have stress at your work with deadlines, and you find yourself in anxious, anxious attachment with your partner. Does that mean you've made zero progress? Does that mean that you're just doomed? No, it means you're human and you have a moment of regression, which is actually a beautiful opportunity to return to your new, healthier way of coping in secure attachment. Anytime you quote unquote regress, I want you to see it as an opportunity to remind yourself how you don't want to cope and to gently return to your healthier new ways of being. Okay. So that's regression and I'm going on there, um, but I hope you have an understanding of it. Let's move on to numbing. Ooh, 
Whenever I say numbing as a coping skill, people immediately think of substances, which yes, absolutely. There can be a lot of numbing that happens with alcohol. And in our culture, that is normalized. People normalize it. Drink and be be happy, right? No matter what you're feeling, use alcohol as a way to be happy. Ooh, it gives me goosebumps when I think about it. It is so normalized in our culture to numb with alcohol. Do do I think that alcohol is bad? No. Do I think that when you use it as a way to change your state and you rely on it to do that? Yeah, that's that's concerning, right? Many of you can have alcohol in your life and it's not alcoholism. You're not dependent on it to get through your day. It's not even dependence. Like, yeah, you're, you're not at the point where it's like, oh, I have to have a drink. But many of you might have to, at the end of the day, in order to relax or in order to feel happy. And I would challenge you that anytime you're depending on an outside source to change your state, it has the potential to become an issue, right? It has the potential to block you from your own growth because you're giving that thing power over your state when guess what? You deserve the power. You deserve the power over how you feel. Absolutely. Whew, I got a little fired up there. <laughs> but that's how I feel about it. That's that's the honest truth. So and you know, numbing, as I said, most people think of substances. Absolutely. That's part of it. Also though, what's overlooked when it comes to numbing is the culture of being busy. If you're always busy, you're always doing something, you're always on your phone, you're always online, you're always with people, you're constantly go, go, go from the time your feet hit the floor till you go to bed you are potentially numbing through busyness and productivity. And it's not your fault. Our society has taught us that our worth is connected to the amount of things we can get done in a day. And that is such a horrible, horrible way to live, y'all. It is. How do I know? I've been there. I am classic overachiever, I think a lot of us who end up getting doctorate degrees can probably relate to that. Um, you know, I was like, let me do everything and let me let me get a doctorate degree and also have two jobs, you know, and a social life and a dog and a family life and travel and date. You know, like I if I look back on my graduate school years, it was just how can I achieve, achieve, achieve so I don't have to actually tune into myself and ask how I feel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was guilty of it. So I say this with compassion. You cannot use productivity as a way to block your emotions, as a way to cover up what you really feel inside, Right? So it may look good to society. It feels good because you're good at it, but be careful, right? Like don't, you don't want to turn productivity into a way that you use to not actually grow as a human. You're getting all these things done externally. It looks so great externally, 
but internally you're blocked because you don't actually know how you feel. You don't actually know what you want. You don't actually know what you need. You're just busy showing up and achieving and getting the job done, right? So that's another way. If you notice that during the holidays, you're just constantly, Ooh, I have to send Christmas cards. I have to wrap those gifts. And Oh my gosh, I don't know about, you know, aunt Gertrude. I, I know that she wanted this, but maybe she wanted that. And Oh gosh, I really, really, really should bake those cookies and send them to my friend in Arizona and da, 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 da. If you are constantly in that state, stop, stop. Be a human being, not a human doing. Check in with you, right? Okay. And, you know, numbing also comes in the form of Netflix, (laughs) TV, constantly using external stimuli to avoid your internal world, right? And all of you have internal worlds that are beautiful and worth exploring and are deserving of healing, okay? So when we think about numbing, you know, I kind of told you how to interact, how to intervene with regression. A lot of it's the same with numbing. Of course, have the compassion. Of course, say, wow, this is what I learned to do. This is what I learned to do to survive when I needed to survive in this way. And... I can have compassion and say, this is no longer serving me. Okay, so acknowledge it, have the compassion towards yourself, and then gently realign. Maybe it's as simple as, oh, wow, I looked at my calendar, I'm booked from eight to eight, which y'all, I'm guilty of that. I used to book myself eight to eight most days. Um, you know, maybe it's, oh, wow, I did that. And how can I course correct? What can I take off my calendar? Where can I fit 10 minutes for myself? Right? How can I wake up 15 minutes earlier? So I slow down, I breathe, I meditate, I focus on what I'm grateful for. And I also take my emotional thermometer and I know what is going on inside. How can you give that gift to yourself and continuously course correct? These coping skills, regression and numbing, they're not something that you go, oh, I'm never going to do those again. I'm done. No, no. Make a decision to work towards spending as little time as possible in them And have the compassion enough to know that it's still going to happen. But how can you redirect yourself? How can you course correct? Right? If you're looking for a good self-compassion meditation, go to episode 12 of the podcast way back in the day. A lot of people reach out to me and tell me that they love that episode, that they cry while they listen to that, which is just absolutely beautiful. I I really just want to encourage you, find whatever works for you. You know, it may be for you, it's, hey, I sit for five minutes with my hand over my heart and I simply ask myself, how am I feeling? Whatever the response is, I talk to myself as I would a dear friend. And you do that for five minutes. Start small. Don't expect yourself to develop a one hour meditation practice as soon as you start meditating. Start small and let it build. 
And you all know, of course, I'm wishing you the happiest, healthiest, most connected holiday season. And I want to give you the power to know that it starts with you, that you have the decision to decide how you want to show up every day. You get to decide, do I want to fill up my cup, bring joy, add value to everyone who I speak with? Or do I want to allow myself to stay in lower vibration and old coping skills? You get to decide, okay? And you're not going to get it perfect. And I'm wishing you the compassion to course correct when it's, when it's not going well. Perfection is a lie. It doesn't exist. Life would be boring if it was perfect. Part of our mission here is to go through growth, to go through struggle, to strive to heal, to be as close to our highest self as possible. But I'm wishing you healthy, happy coping. And you know this, we have the ESL relationship program. This is honestly the lowest price it will ever be for this month in December. And come January, it's returning to its normal price. The the real truth, guys, is when COVID hit, I had a lot of compassion in my heart and I dropped the price because I knew that people were going through things and I wanted to make it as accessible as possible. So come January, though, I am returning it to its original price. So if you've thought about it, if you're one of the people who listen every week and you're like, oh, I really should do that. Yeah, I really should. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) If you're one of those people, I'm telling you, December is when you want to apply and take advantage of the discounted investment price. All right, y'all. I appreciate you. I'm wishing you happy, healthy holidays. And of course, as you know, I am wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I will talk with you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.